Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Well, what a weekend it's been, right? This is in terms of Shepard Bushiri and his wife, uh, Mary, who have skipped the country effectively. Um, and they've listed a number of reasons of why they feel uh, that their action is justified. Well, we're expected to be joined by um, his lawyer, Terence Baloi, any moment now. The team is uh, just trying to get a hold of him. But uh, this interview has been confirmed. So hopefully we'll be able to put him on the air in in a short while but lots of questions around how this was allowed to happen and i think many south africans rightfully outraged at not only how this could happen but the extent to which it reveals just how broken different aspects of our system are so there's the issue of the borders and the lack of border control there is the issue of the police that has also been brought into question around how did the police not know that bushiri and his wife were gone given they were supposed to report um to the courts every friday they were supposed to uh, report to a police station rather every Friday um, in terms of their bail conditions. Uh, Terence Baloyi is the lawyer for Shepard Bushiri and his wife Mary. Terence, good morning. Morning, Kathy. Morning to the VA listeners. Terence, how did your client skip the country? Uh, like, I'm not sure if you saw the interview that is emotional to talk about it. He hasn't also explained that to us as well. But this is an important question, Terence. You, as his lawyer, must know that it is the prime question that is going to be asked by the state. How did he do it? Look, from legal point of view, as how he did it, I don't think it will help uh, my case anyway. All I need now to do is to assist him in his legal matters. So I never pursued that question, and uh, I don't think I've been to because it doesn't help me in building his case. So, Terence, your client commits a criminal act, and you don't even bother to find out how he has managed to do it, because it's your very same client who is now calling for some level of sympathy from the South African public, and yet the only thing that we can believe right now is that he broke the laws. He broke the country's laws. How did he do it? How did he move from South Africa to Malawi? Look, like I said, uh, if you were watching his interview with SABC, he indicated that it's emotional to talk about it. So I'm saying that I also inquire or ask him, and how did he do it? But instead, he couldn't answer or tell me, like I'm saying, it's emotional about it. Not that I didn't care to find out, but I decided maybe I'd rather give him time to feel better to talk about it and to share. What matters are now you aiding now, and abetting a criminal, Terence? No, I'm not. As I'm saying, it's something which we're still going to hear from him when he's ready. So I'm when, sure uh, so, so when he's ready, like when is when do you think that's going to be? Look, it's an emotional state right now, so we need to give him time and we need to. Terence, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Terence. I'm sorry. He is a fugitive. Your client is a fugitive. Your client is actually a criminal. He broke this country's law, so it's very hard to feel sorry for him right now, especially because you're not even being transparent in terms of how he managed to flee the country when he was supposed to stay here. 
you see, I don't think that we're taking this matter any further. If now we have to pursue or now we have to really be pushy about how he did it. I've answered you, I said, I don't know. And I've further answered to you and clarify that, look, he said it's an emotional state to share. So anything beyond that, I I'm sorry I can't help you. Do, you. do you not think that South Africans deserve to have the answer to that question? Do you, as a South African citizen, not deserve to know how it is that an individual who's facing a criminal trial would be able to breach that trial and, quite frankly, breach the country's you know, borders? Where were his passports? Didn't he hand them over in court? Like I said, Casey, he said he needed time to share his emotional state right now. Did, did he hand over so, his passports? As far as I'm concerned, yes. So how, how did he manage to leave the country when he doesn't have passports? When he's emotionally stable enough, I believe he'll share all that to us. So you haven't asked him that question either? As I indicated earlier, I've asked him, just like he indicated on the interview, that he's not emotionally ready to relay his ordeal of how he travels. As soon as he's ready, I believe he'll share with everybody who will know. What, on what grounds does your client believe that he can negotiate with the South African government right now, being the fugitive and the criminal that he is? On the ground that he feels his life is being threatened, he feels he's not safe, he feels his life is in danger. So he believes, given that, his life is more important to an extent that he can negotiate and especially with regard to the fact that he's saying he's not running out from trial, he's willing to stand trial, but not under the circumstances in which now he feels his life is being threatened. Terence, there are plenty, there are plenty of individuals that are before the country's criminal justice system who also feel that their lives are endangered, endangered or under threat in some way. Surely the means cannot justify the end. It cannot be right that your, that your client breaks the law and then asks to be felt sorry for because his life is in danger. He's no unique. He's not unique, rather, to the situation that many others in South Africa find themselves in. Look, it's not expecting anybody to feel sorry for him. It's expecting everybody to understand and realize that he's in danger. And now the background against that is the fact that this has been going on for almost three years now. He's been doing his best to report how his life has been threatened. But seemingly, the authorities never listen to his outcry. So this is where he arrived at the decision that he has taken now to say, hopefully, by doing this or doing what I'm doing, I'll be heard finally, eventually. And indeed, seemingly, IPID now, as we speak, is busy pursuing the, the investigation that they've been conducting for years. I'm glad that you've brought up the IPID investigation. IPID has said your client opened a case in 2018 and they have subsequently been trying to have meetings with him and have not been able to secure meetings with him because even though his lawyers opened that case, they certainly haven't been available to provide any further details on who these individuals, especially the police officers, he alleges are trying to... Um, have been trying to bribe him to have his matters thrown out of court. Casey, I'll be firm with you and honest that that statement that uh, hasn't been available is not true. I personally have taken the IP people to him on several meetings. They have sat down on several occasions to discuss taking the case way forward. What IP basically is saying or their findings 
as an I can't say as an excuse, but their logic of saying that it's not aiding is because they wanted a, 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 a telephone number of one of the police officers, which he persistently said that he doesn't have it anymore, and he doesn't have it because the phone he was using at the time it was stolen. But so does but does he have does he have the names? You don't understand. Sorry, Terence. Does he have the names of these individuals? Does 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 he have the police stations where where they where they stationed that he's provided to IPAD? He provided all the information that any investigating institution can take forward. Again, what he is just a cell phone number which you could not provide. The, the difficulty here, Terence, becomes the fact that your client effectively thinks that he's above the country's laws. That despite whatever challenges he might be facing, and we, we won't get into the full merits of, of those matters, the reality is that it surely is not justified that he illegally got out of this country, not having the right documentation, and quite frankly, not even being able to be transparent enough about how he did it. And yet, he thinks that the South African government should negotiate with him. What do you, what do you think about the president that is being set here and the message that's being sent out to other people that are facing cases before the court that, well, they can just do as they please too? Uh, the president that is being said here, Casey, is that uh, uh, human life matters. Human rights must be respected, and no matter what kind of a person you are or you're regarded as. At the end of the day, when you complain, you launch a complaint against a special institution, you ought to be heard because you have a human right that needs to be respected. It cannot be uh, persistently violated by various or same police people or personnel, and nothing is done about it. And then you expected to sit and fold your arms for three years. Terence, I know you have to go. I know you have to go soon. When is your client coming back to South Africa? He says he as wants to face it, trial. As, as soon when as he is gets he? Surety that the state will listen to him and save him from a this. Uh, so, so, so effectively, you want you want the state to negotiate with a fugitive and a criminal. Look, all we is saying, or oh, his instruction is that he requires the protection first. He doesn't mind coming back. As soon as that is done and is assured, she certainly will simply come back. Terence Baloyi is the lawyer for.